and welcome to the Junkyard Love Podcast. the junkyard love podcast it is me your host dobby the house elf today we have my friend shiloh reister on the podcast this episode has a particular beauty about it because um shiloh's dog has actually since passed away Um, she texted me a couple days after the episode and told me the news and i asked her if she wanted to you know re-record the episode um her dog was in her lap a lot of the times i wasn't sure how that would be difficult for her but she said you know, we, we talked about the world needing more dogs right now. Um, there's a few synchronicities. We're talking about our canine, canine um, connections with humans and dogs throughout the episode. And she said, I think we should certainly keep it. I think we should certainly put it out. Um, and I agree. So uh, it has that, that extra beauty in it. You know, listening back after learning this information, it just seemed a lot more, a lot more genuine, a lot more real. Um, and I also, I also, something I tend to do with the podcast is I don't, I try not to edit too much, actually. I try to keep it this authentic. For me, I feel when you could hear people messing up or stumbling over their words, or you can hear, you know, someone walks in front of the camera, you know, as long as it doesn't take you away too much, there's even a a slight delay throughout the episode with this. It takes us a few minutes to kind of get the bearings rolling. But to me, there's there's impressiveness in humans' ability to um, get through all this and still connect you know, to still have like interruptions or still have, um, you know, a dog in our lap and and be able to have a a serious conversation. So I didn't edit it much. Um, I kept it kind of as is. And I think that you'll see and experience and hear why. Um, But yeah, so this episode has a particular beauty about it. Um, Shiloh has has lost her her companion, her friend, Georgia Peach. So if you are her friend, you know, maybe maybe reach out and give her your condolences. We could all use each other right now. Maybe just a quick text, quick little reach out to people who are going through loss right now, um, just like all of us. So without further ado, let's get going with the episode. It is me, Georgia Peach and Shiloh Reister. I hope you enjoy. I got my puppy. Georgia, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's that? a little dim in here, but yeah, she's Hello. big. She thinks <laughs> she thinks she's a lap dog, even of though course. she's clearly not. <laughs> but yeah, I have um, my dog Blue is not here. He's uh, Shaylee and I are like sharing custody with him, so it's always just back and forth. Um, but uh-huh. I think that we, we have like kennel cough breaking out in the house because my roommates, they have two dogs and one of them has kennel cough and one of our friends in Portland had it, um, their dog. So we're trying to deal with that, like trying to not give all the dogs kennel cough if we can help it, but yeah, 
poor little buds. How does that even happen? Like, I, I don't know. I like mean, I know it's, it's pretty heard. prevalent in pounds um, and like like humane society. I feel like they, they get it fairly often. I'm not sure if it's like a dog cold or if it's more severe, like doggy COVID or something. But I know that um, the yeah. <laughs> the scary part of it is that it could lead to pneumonia. So like older dogs, it's it's a little more scary for them, I guess. But I also really don't know that much. I just quick Google search is all I get. So Yeah. No, I was always curious of how it, you know, <laughs> how it happens and everything like that. Because I've never had to deal with it, but with our yeah. dogs. Yeah, I think um, I think you can get antibiotics for it, like for the dog. But I'm not sure. Again, I don't know enough about it to know if that's like safe thing or if they always right. need antibiotics or if because dogs are pretty like resilient. They'll just their immune systems will just power through whatever. They're sick for a couple of days and then they're good. But. Okay. Um I yeah. I am recording my friend. Let me see. Video. Oh man. As soon as I say I'm recording, then it minimizes me. There we go. Shiloh, what do you like to go go by? What's what's the last name, middle name you like to go by? Reister? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I don't know, you know, sometimes we have our um on social media we'll change our like into our middle name or it'll be something else. So I'm always clarifying because sometimes you just think everybody goes by the same name all the time, but. No, I usually like first name shy, but mm. shy Shiloh. Yeah. Okay. Usually. Well, hello Shiloh. Welcome to the junkyard loaf podcast. Hello. <laughs> It's nice to have you on here. Um, we had been trying to make it work for a while because <laughs> we were living close, closer quarters actually at the old house, but then you started getting scheduled right as I was beginning to um, move and get out of that old studio. So it's cool that we're able to still connect via Zoom. It's not the same, but it's still still something. Yeah. It's so, always nice. What has your life you've you've been experiencing the old covid quite a bit what is what has your life been like the last like eight months what 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 have you been experiencing it's been crazy um actually i work in memory care uh, at a facility down in vancouver and we haven't had like covid like any positive um, cases or anything like that until recently. We had a couple uh, staff members, none of the residents or anything like that, um, but a couple of the staff members came back positive. And I actually went to Modesto, California um, in July, I think, for two weeks uh, for COVID relief uh down there and that was insane covid like, relief like what you know, were you doing california is pretty much a cesspool yeah they they needed workers they needed cna workers and um it was a facility that's like a sister facility with mm. uh the company i work 
workforce and they needed people and I volunteered along with one of my friends who uh, also works with me and everything was crazy because they had a positive side which had like 40 I think 40 positive uh, COVID residents and then we had to wear uh, PPE like gowns right. face masks and face shields and I was like this is this is wild like they had everything uh, barricaded with tarps mm-hmm. <laughs> and wow. everything it was it kind of reminded me of like the quarantine movies that you watch and everything yeah. like that I don't know yeah, like everybody's like wearing hazmat, hazmat suits. suits. And, yeah, I mean, yeah. I can't imagine having <laughs> having much. tarps up. I, I I remember seeing towards the beginning, it was just so crazy to see nurses wearing um, like black trash bags and stuff. And there's just, you know, you said tarps. Like that's just mm-hmm. so weird. It's so different than our usual, what we'd normally see. So has it, and that was back in July, you said. So have you been um, yeah. doing more more work with COVID patients since you've gotten back or was that, that the one-time thing? It was just a one-time thing. Um, yeah, I was only there for two weeks and I actually had, when I got back, I had to quarantine mm-hmm. for uh, two weeks before I could go back to work. And, you know, I got tested and everything like that, um, which came back negative. So I never had yeah. COVID. <laughs> but do, you, do you question like the, I feel like the test, did you see all this stuff, the test being insignificant and stuff or, or um, uh, in, not insignificant, but um, they're just coming up. It's like you see a lot of stuff. People say that um, the tests are negative sometimes and positive sometimes and it's hard to exactly quantify if people for sure have it or have had it or not yeah yeah because every single time that i've been tested it's like they do it differently each time like uh because it's a nasal swab and there was one time i got tested and she like barely even put it in my nose Mm. and like you're supposed to actually stick it up there (laughs) pretty much in your brain uh and twist it for like 10 seconds each nostril jesus and yeah it's 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 not fun just intrusive (laughs) at all but yeah (laughs) well yeah because there's no way that you're not gonna have tears coming out of your eyes because it hurts Mm-hmm. <laughs> that bad yeah, um, anything to yeah, do with your it, nose right it just makes your eyes water yeah it's it's yeah it's weird I don't know why they think that a nasal swab like is you know right for the I, I don't know everything's up in the air like I feel like we're just trying certain things and it's just, I don't know. I think it's silly. I mean, I guess there's, 
<laughs> yeah, it it is pretty. It's all silly. Like everything about the whole thing seems silly. It's just like, of course, I don't expect us to have like, you know, as as a as a country or a world or whatever to like perfectly handle everything. Like, oh, this virus comes up suddenly, and we should be able to just perfectly like, okay, we know exactly what to do. You know, even if there is playbooks or there's or there's you know ways of handling it that have been talked out before. It's not going to be pretty no matter what. It's like a very disrupting thing for us. So I know that we're we're just trying to figure it out. I, yeah. I so I had a test um a couple months back, and it was a blood test, and I just had to get a, a finger prick, and then I sat there for ten minutes, and she came back in, said I'm negative, good to go, and so I I don't know. To me, it felt like the blood test was. I was like, wow, I I trust that. It seems reliable. It's a blood test. But I also don't really know. I mean, is it more prone to show up in my snot or in my blood? Right. Well, yeah, because they say that, you know, COVID is more of like in the lungs and everything. Like it's, um, I mean, that's where a lot of people, you know, uh, get really sick because I think it can, it's, with the whole pneumonia and everything like that, but it's a different, it attacks differently than pneumonia. But it's like, um, why, why the nasal swab? <laughs> you know, if it's not necessarily in your sinuses or whatever, I don't know. Yeah. It's well, a trial it and error thing, I think. Yeah, it definitely is. I think it'll be interesting to look back, you know, and say, 10 years we look back at you know of course COVID is going to be something that has changed our whole society and the way we do a lot of things and um, I heard this phrase phrase yesterday on a podcast that was someone was kind of half jokingly calling it BC like before COVID and now we're going to call it something like some sort of after COVID oh. <laughs> time frame which is so weird um, but I I don't know I, it's, it's just interesting to look it's going to be interesting to look back and see what we what we kind of laugh at ourselves for or geez we could have done this better or if we just simply did these things we could have helped this many or i don't know it's such a weird conundrum and our the state of the media does not freaking help our we're kind of losing our minds when it comes to our media and i think covid hitting right at this time has yeah. just projected that um so you know what yeah, i would like to talk I about i agree i there's a little bit okay. of a delay, but uh, you know what I would like to talk about, Shiloh, is we met at the 859. What is your... Yes, we did. <laughs> what is your fondest memory of the 859? Is there anything that comes to mind immediately of like a good time you had there or conversations you had there or, I mean, there was quite a few good ones. So let's let's describe to to the listeners what the 859 was. Well, because like, sorry. You're fine. The A59 was pretty much a party house. (laughs) On was it? Was it Seventh? Yes. Avenue. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and <laughs> the address was 859, and pretty much every single day, 
or night, there was a party <laughs> with random people, just all sorts of different types of people. Longview, Kelso, Kalama, Vancouver. <laughs> um, gosh, there were so many like drunken heart to hearts there that <laughs> I don't even remember. <laughs> Every single night, I remember uh, just out on the porch on the little stoop, everyone's smoking or drinking and just got to that point of the night where it's like oh dude let's have a heart to heart but mm -hmm. it yeah i don't know <laughs> or gosh i spent so much time there that i can't even like there's so many different memories right yeah, it's it's like a stage in but life of of being being at the eight five nine for me. Um, I think because there was quite a few for me because um, it was just meeting all these new people, and I was a couple years younger than everybody, so I was like, just felt so cool being invited to to hang out with everyone. And um, I remember there was the upstairs, like your typical, like I feel like you would see on a an Instagram post where there's just the upstairs room just full of blankets and pillows and. You go up there and, and smoke and just hang out and relax and be comfortable. Um, that was like such a such an inviting place. You can just really be open and be yourself. Everybody, I feel like everybody was able to be themselves at this house because um, the people who lived there were so accepting and, and awesome. And um, for me, let's see, there was this time where we had we had a party. I'm not sure if you were there. But we, we there there was a party there that um, the Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros album had just come out, um, the album that has Home and um, Forty Days Forty Nights. It's just like one of their their most popular albums, and um, it had came out and I purchased it and I pretty much was just like taking people one by one into Ryan Santos's room to be like, hey, I want to show you a song. And I would invite them into the room to like have them listen to this and just watch them like, hey, this is good, right? You love this, right? It was just so, so, I don't know. It was just a legendary place, man. <laughs> it really was. I remember always, there was always music, all sorts of different types of music. Um, like I think it was... Ryan always had his laptop playing like Modest Mouse and uh, just like old, old school, like pop punk mm -hmm. type mm -hmm. music and just feel good. I don't know. Yeah. The first time that yeah. I. Those were good times for sure. <laughs> yeah. It was, it, it's crazy. Like how, how long it's been too. the first time that I heard, I remember specifically the first time that I heard MGK, the rapper, um, Bo, Bo, who was living there, showed him to me. And I just remember being like, oh, wow. Like the amount of new music that was introduced to, to each other just by everyone hanging out at that house. Just a, a melting pot uh -huh. of new good music. Yes. And a lot of weed. <laughs> a lot of weed, too. Yeah, I'm not sure if I... Oh yeah, no, I yeah, I was smoking back then. Uh, I know we had 
it's been a long time, um, and I don't know if you participated in this. Don't incriminate yourself. It's been a long time, but I remember we had Molly parties there, actually. Um, yes. We would, yeah. I was the babysitter. Oh. <laughs> so you were very much appreciated at at the Molly parties. I mean, I, it was. I yeah. never did. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I, I, I was making would... sure that everyone was drinking their orange juice. <laughs> yes, taking care. There's always the the shaman figure who would take care of the of the group going on their journey. Thank you for that. Yes, <laughs> you're welcome. No, <laughs> I remember everyone. Once they started rolling, they would go to the bathroom. They're like, we got to wash our hands. <laughs> I yep. was like, what is going on right now? <laughs> yep, that, that's, that's how it goes. We got to wash our hands. And you guys, <laughs> you guys would be in there for like a half an hour. No way. Like, what is going on? They're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, it feels so good. <laughs> it's funny the the sensory. It's like you guys are <laughs> whatever. All of, all of your your senses are so heightened. Uh, man, it's been so long since I've participated in in the MDMA world, but the your senses are so ultra heightened, um, and you focus on like that's why like you know people say touch. You know, you like touch. You'd see movies they talk about ecstasy, where it's just like this whole like. Um, romanticized like touching side of things but there really is kind of that aspect you just appreciate you're like wow i never realized how much i appreciate the contrast of cold to hot water <laughs> like these things that seem profound to you while you're while you're rolling away yeah or like touching the wall like the text texture and everything was like I'm just like, what am I watching right now? I'm just drinking beer. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it fun. It's cool to see. You know, it was like that so long ago, um, but now they're doing so much good research and so many good trials and and um, clinically helping people with PTSD, um, helping people with severe depression, anxiety, um, like all the all the research that's going into MDMA assisted therapy is just so cool to think about because, you know, there's, there's a difference between experiencing something like that, you know, when you're with your friends, which, which is great. Or when you're, you know, at a, a festival or a show or something, which I have done a couple of times before as well. Um, and then having the, like the, the act of taking something like that and then having, headphones a comfortable spot um, you're in the right set and setting um, I think as far as these the clinical trials are going it's like two people who are assisting you like two therapists are with you and they're kind of just there for you and they're guiding you through some things and they have the right playlists ready for you and you can kind of go through maybe your old traumas or your old um, uh, you know stories or things that are kind of holding you back and it seems like they dig those up um, I, man I'm just I'm Super excited to see the future of what they do with that, you know. That's really interesting. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, they're doing a ton of work with all that. With um, I mean, psychedelic-assisted therapy too, like um, psilocybin, LSD, that sort of thing. I don't know where all of it's at. Um, there's always a lot of red tape, and there's a lot like different places, different states have different things that they're trying out. But um, yeah, Maps, M A M A P S, they're doing a ton of a ton of work for psychedelic-assisted therapy, MDMA-assisted therapy. I'm really excited for the future of it. Like, if we can, you know, not have you know, it, it seems like we have our answer to a lot of anything when it comes to the brain is just like anxiety meds or depression meds. And, you know, I, I feel like doctors yeah. don't entirely know what to do. You know, they're just doing their best. They're they're taking the information they they learned from schooling and applying it to people who are coming in saying like, hey, I'm feeling monumental despair at all times in the day. Can you help? So having some right. other... <laughs> some other thing that can help people is going to be very exciting. That's really cool. That is exciting. Yeah. Um, how do you think Shiloh, this might be a tough question. How do you think you have changed as a person since like, I mean, is what, 10 years, eight, eight, five, nine days. Cause we, we grow, um, I mean, we, we're always growing. We're always learning more, leaning more into our adult selves. Is there anything that you can think of that comes to mind immediately of, um, like, how have you changed? How have you grown since those days before? Um, see, I moved. I moved out of state. Um... I moved to Arizona and I lived in San Diego. Um, I think, oh man, that is a tough question. <laughs> I think I know more of who I am as a person now than what I did back then. Because I didn't really know myself at all. Like, yeah, you know, I partied and stuff like that. And, you know, moving away from everything that I've ever known to knowing no one um, kind of made me see life in a different perspective than just uh, partying and everything. Mm. Like, I would go out hiking. And I don't know, it's, it's kind of hard to explain, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I just kind of found myself more. No, I, I, I get that. I mean, I think, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, especially I think growing up, did, did you grow up in, in town around here your whole life? Were you, were you born in, in this area in Cowles County? Yep. Yeah. Castle Rock. So, nice. Yeah. Man, I love Castle Rock. Um, but it, it's it's interesting because I think a lot of people who don't move around a lot, um, you don't realize kind of like what's out there or you don't realize like as much of who you are is, is so influenced by everyone you're around and your upbringing and the town you live in and the things you're doing, um, which isn't isn't always a bad thing. But I think when you get out there, get out into the world and you put yourself in um, different situations where you're kind of just a, at a blank slate with life, with who you are, you're, you, you can like meet new people and, you know, be completely who you want to be without their 
um, you know, maybe like placement of who they think you are or who they remember you as. Like if you, if you like pooped your pants when you were 15 years old in high school and you still see, you still see people who were in the class with you 10 years later, they're still probably going to joke and call you poopy pants or something. So it's nice to (laughs) move away and, um, you know, experience that, that clean slate for me when I started, um, traveling, traveling for work and, um, traveling for things in high school. Like I went up to even just Bellevue when I started leaving town, I was like, wow, this is, people live differently here. There's, you know, I would see a, see a Ferrari in real life and be like, wow, wow, those are really cool looking, you know? It's crazy how much just getting out of your town and really trying to absorb the new places that you're going to can really help you change, but it's a change more towards who you really are, it seems like. Yeah, exactly. And, like, it was the hardest experience that I've ever had to do, but it was the best experience as well. Because, you know, moving away from everything that people, friends, family, and going to a new place where you know no one, like, that was really hard. Like, I kind of, um, I kind of isolated myself for a while, like, once I moved, because it's like, oh my gosh, like, what am I going to do? Like, I have no friends, like, but I started to get more independent, too, once I left, because I would go do things by myself, since I didn't know anybody, you know, instead of, if I lived here, I'd call up a friend, be like, hey, you want to go to the mall with me? Mm-hmm. Or you want to go get some lunch? Like, I would just do things by myself a lot. But, yeah. Yeah, I, I think um, that the the act of, like, doing, because it's like, you, you know, you're kind of faced with, okay, I have all these friends back at home, but if I, w- when I move away, you got to almost put yourself out there. So to say, you know, we heard that phrase before, but you kind of almost like, Hey, if I want to make friends, I need to like find a way to connect with people and see, you know, what, what they like, or, you know, maybe I got to find someone who likes the same music as me, or I got to find someone who um, is into the things that I am. And then you, you got to start forming that friendship. It's hard, man. Cause it's, it's comfy to just chill by yourself, but that growth is on the other side of kind of putting yourself out there a lot of the times. Exactly, exactly. And that's what I started doing too. I would, you know, I found like a venue um, that would have, you know, shows, hardcore shows and everything. So I started going to shows by myself and then meeting new people, which was fun. And it, it was cool going to a different venue than I'm used to and it ended up being the coolest venue I've ever went to. <laughs> what what venue was that? Uh the Nile in Phoenix, actually Mesa. Mm. Yeah, it was the- really, really cool because they had like they had an upstairs 
which was huge. And then they had a basement for uh, shows as well. So would they so would they really play cool. would they play like different music upstairs than they would downstairs? Not necessarily. Um, I think more so downstairs. They had a lot of like hardcore bands, uh, but they also did shows upstairs with hardcore bands as well. It, I think it depended on uh, the how many bands were playing. Mm on the bill so yeah imagine the um, imagine like when shows open back up like whatever that looks like after you know our covid run here um like i know that i'll I'll just be happy to go to like if there's some dude who just learned how to play guitar and is just off key yelling into the mic at an open mic night i will be so content i don't even care i just want to (laughs) see live music i don't care if it's a dj train wrecking who's terrible at djing I don't care if it's like the worst ACDC cover <laughs> band ever. I just want to see some live music. What's the what's the last live show that you remember going to before COVID? Um, shit. It's been a while since I've been. The last one, I think, was Russ. And that was a couple years ago. Hmm. Was that was that in Portland? I think I went to I went to one of the more recent rush shows, but yeah, it's been a long time now. Yeah, yeah, it was at uh, I think it was at the Moda Center. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, I um. Yeah, that was fun. I'm I'm looking forward to when we're able to go to concerts again. Who knows when that's gonna be. Um, yeah, it's just, it's so weird. Like, cause I work in live events and I, you know, DJing, mm-hmm. audio engineering, even just, you know, do a lot of stagehand type stuff. So I miss it in that aspect because my whole life has just like flipped and I'm not doing the things that I love doing for work, but it's also right. like, I'm just excited for being able to go to shows cause it's going to be a while before there's massive big shows where there's a ton of people. I know. Um, Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Shiloh, I did want to talk about, um, you know, something we're all going through. You know, we, we're losing. We lost live events. Um, we lost, like, our whole way of being before. We're all, we're all adjusting. But I think that something that we had messaged back and forth that would be um, beneficial to talk about is loss and how we navigate through loss. Um, the loss that we've experienced, um, I think everybody, of course, in the year 2020 has experienced some sort of loss, some sort of um, losing losing something that they had before, losing the way that we lived before. Um, it's something that we could all use a little perspective on, I think. So just, I think, hearing anybody's journey of loss and how loss has changed them and how they're coping with it and um maybe maybe how they're not coping with it so well even just to to not feel so so alone you know because it's like I, i've had my own troubles you know I'm, I've, I've experienced a lot of loss just like a lot of other people this year 
and um you know i'm I'm doing my best but i think just hearing other people also going through it snaps us out of this um like oh i'm, I'm not doing well because there's i've this much has changed since covid or uh, i'm you know we, we get kind of down on ourselves for not being exactly where we want to be but i think there's so much loss in this time in so many ways that we're all just kind of stumbling through it. Um, what's what's been your experience with loss since the pandemic started? Um, well, in April, I lost uh, two really good friends of mine. Um, you probably know one of them. Uh, one second, uh, Clayton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that was really tough because it was like you know I I had lost touch you know with him like yeah we would talk like over like Snapchat and everything I know he lived up in Seattle but I think the hardest part about that one is just losing touch Mm. and that took a while to kind of get over (laughs) obviously it's not it's always going to be there but just kind of moving on from being depressed (laughs) about it because um yeah it was just really, really hard and kind of unexpected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then bef- two weeks before that, I had a friend drown in Silver Lake. And that was also un- unexpected. Um, it was a freak kayaking ac- accident and... Um, didn't have a life jacket on and everything and I guess he didn't know how to swim and you know that was really really hard because I had just talked to this person like two days before that and we were making plans to um make dinner and everything like that and then two days later he's gone (laughs) And then just recently, I don't know if you knew her, uh, Sarah Brooks. Mm, yeah. Yeah. She just passed away a couple weeks ago. I don't know uh, if you knew that. I didn't. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's how it goes. That's, um, I, I, I didn't know her super well. I, I think that she, if I remember right, she worked at the mall when I was working at the mall. Um, she, she did hair, right? Or, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. so, so, I mean, I, I think that what, what you're going through, uh, um, a good amount of people are, are going through as well. So, th- I mean, thanks for sharing it. Just, it's hard to even like talk about, you know, is like, who knows? What what is yeah. what's the proper etiquette for talking about such great loss of of friends? You know, there's there's not. So thanks for sharing that. But it's it, it makes you 
kind of it's just like we're you know when we're losing our other ways of being you know we even as, as casually as concerts like we don't get to go to concerts anymore well it makes you kind right. of kind of want want to value you know your next concert you want to value it that much more and i think it um sometimes loss when it comes to loved ones is is this you know there's so much sadness around it. there's so much sorrow there's so much confusion but there's also sometimes with a little bit of time you can have value from okay i want to make sure that i'm trying to be present in the future with my friends i want to really value my friends i want to um you know because we could we can this can all change in such a quick instant we can um you know because we we do lose touch and it's just kind of the way that things go we we separate we move in different ways in our life we can't possibly just constantly be texting or talking to every single person we know um, so just, I, th- I think for me, when it comes to loss, I like to just, at, at the end of the day, you've got to just value the time that you did have with them. Right. It's, it's so overly right. obvious, but when you can just work on your state of mind and really being with someone like, wow, I really value you. Like, you know, if, if you left this earth soon, I would sincerely miss you. And so that makes this time that much more special that I want to spend with you. And Shiloh, I think that a lot of people are going to um, have that kind of that kind of le- lesson to be learned um, because there's there's a lot of there's a lot of loss going on. You know, people people right now are m- mental health is just not the a lot of people are suffering right now. You know, um, we're we're locked in like our whole way of life, all the fun stuff that we used to do. Um, we're all we're all adjusting to it so i think right. that I, I think that it's hard to see it right now um and it's hard to just try to like throw optimism at at everything you know but there is value to um just trying to trying to see like what has this taught me and how do i feel about this and what does that mean for the future for me like what does that mean for how i want to value my relationships going forward you know how are you how are you how are you doing with everything like how are you are you um are you finding like good good ways to cope are you trying to like treat yourself well or like how are you doing with all of it i mean okay um honestly i try to keep busy you know, I work a lot, and so just working and, um, yeah, just trying to find things to keep myself busy so it's not, so I'm not, a, like, thinking about it 24-7, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I will come home uh, from work. I get off at 10, but I, I work in Vancouver and live in Castle Rock. So I get home around 11 and I just kind of, that's when I kind of uh, unwind and I start to kind of process everything. Cause even though keeping busy is good, but it's also good to kind of process of what you're going through and, 
you know, I watch a lot of TikTok videos too. <laughs> so it's just, just kind of get a laugh out of me. And, you know, I'm glad to have my, my puppy, you know, she keeps me, you know, it's that unconditional love from a dog. <laughs> oh, yes. That, I, I know that well. Yeah. And, you know, she, it's so crazy how um, dogs can sense that you're upset and everything. And, you know, she, she likes to be close by and that just makes me, makes it that, I don't know, just that warm comfort feeling. Mm-hmm. Totally. And, I, yeah, I, I agree. I think dogs have that. It's just that little, their little paw on your lap just says, everything's going to be okay. You know, I know. They, they have that, that knack for being able to, like you said, sense when, when their human, when their companion friend is, is down and they just know immediately. They're like, oh, my human is bummed. I need to give them some snuggles, you know? It's, it's yeah. a magical thing, dogs. Yeah. Like, um, I don't know, like a couple weeks ago when I, you know, was going through crying every day and everything and, you know, Georgia would, uh, come over to me and lick, lick the tears off my face. And I'm just like, I don't want you licking my face, but it's just the cutest, sweetest little thing. And, you know, it's sweet. Yeah. So, they have that ability to, yeah, they have that ability to sense exactly what you need or pull you out of kind of like if you're, if you've just been looping the same thoughts kind of sometimes just, especially when you come home from work, when they're just unconditionally excited to see you, you're just like, yeah. you don't even think about what you were thinking about on the car ride home. You're just so happy to to put your face in with their face and snuggle. Um, I, I've experienced that with my dog blue. Um, you know, cause he's kind of going through like when Shaylee and I separated it's you know, it's a lot of like staying at this house and staying at this house and moving. And, um, you know, he's along for the ride. He's got to like stay in a place that he's not used to and he's got to have his uh, schedule switched around. So he was really stressed, but he could also, you know, kind of pick up off of our vibes and pick off, off, off our stress too. And so it's, it's just so interesting to see how much they, they mimic our anxiousness and then they also sense it to help fix it. You know, they, they just dogs, right. cats, a lot of the times, um, they just know what to do. They just know what their human needs and they give them some snuggles. Right. Yeah. Cause you know, they know your routine just as much as you know, their routine. And it's like, if that routine is, um, you know, uh, tampered with, you know, it's like, they know <laughs> it's like my human is off. This is not right, but I'm going to go give them some snuggles. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a, um, a philosopher, um, Rupert Sheldrake. He actually has all these studies. I haven't, I haven't studied into it a ton, but I've kind of heard him talk about it. He has these studies where they basically tested a bunch of different animals and, um, and, and basically the, the thing was to prove that animals have some sort of sense when their human has come home. So basically they, they tested a bunch of different um, homes and they tested 
um, like, so say you, you come home from work and your dog's like a few minutes before, 10 minutes before, five minutes before he's already excited before you're like in the driveway, before he can hear your car. And they even had the, had the people come home at different times in the day. They had the people drive different cars so the dog can't like hear the same car. And there was just a ton of positive, um, basically proving that the, the dogs and the cats would sense when their owners are about to be home. And it's just so interesting to think, you know, like what, there's these connections between animals that we don't explore that much, but we all kind of within our own animals, we're like, we get it. We, there's this wink that's going on between us and our dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Animals are fascinating. They really are. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we don't know what's going on in their yeah, mind. Yeah, what's up? My dog? What do you mean? Sorry, Sean. Okay, I'll uh, I'll give him a call soon. All right. Wow, interesting. We're talking about dogs, and uh, we're I was saying we're experiencing the kennel cough stuff, um, and we weren't sure yeah. if my dog Blue had gotten it, but they're trying to get a hold of me because my dog is um, not doing well with kennel cough, I guess. So I guess he did get it. So I'll uh, I'll, I'll give him a call after after our podcast here. Poor guy. Oh, man. Poor little bud. Well, um, there's a couple things that I wanted to talk about. I I do want to, I feel like you always have good taste in music. I want to shift over to music. Um, What have you been listening to lately? Besides a ton of Christmas music. I bet you've been listening to a ton of Christmas music, right? Uh, No. No? (laughs) (laughs) Only at work, but that's because it's work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um. What have I been listening to? Um, honestly, in the last like couple days, I've been listening to Marilyn Manson. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but like new music, I've been listening to the new Joiner uh, Lucas album, mm. Evolution. I think. I think that's what it's called. I haven't heard it yet. And oh, oh it's straight fire. Ooh, I need to get in on it then. I love Joyner Lucas. He's it's so good. I think it dropped like a couple weeks ago. So um and also Joji. I've been listening to a lot of Joji. Joji has that it's very original, right? Like Joji has that like because there's this new I don't know what 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 genre would you even say Joji is? It's kind of like this like punk bedroom hip-hop uh like i don't know it's this very very original sound like it it represents kind of the internet culture i feel like yeah i don't even know what genre i would even put him in probably his own (laughs) like you said he's very original like i don't know he's got that swag about him that i just love yeah i uh um i remember i feel like so i just had the the spotify i don't know if you use spotify but they have like a year year in review thing and they see the songs that you listen to and how many genres you listen to and it's just so weird to think about like when i first started djing there was there's all these subgenres, but there's just kind of like your main genres and then just over time everybody's creating their own sound they're kind of like going off in this direction they're mixing this with this and 
now there's like, I think it said that I have, I listened to 183 new genres in the year 2020. And it's like, what, how does that even, there's that many new genres to listen to, let alone I listen to them, you know, it's crazy. Right. Yeah. I think mine was about right around that uh, number two. And I listened to like close to 2000 new artists. I'm like, didn't even know, but wow, that's cool. That's so crazy. Yeah. Think yeah. About, I mean, before you used to have to like, if you wanted to be an artist to come up in the game, you had to, you know, get a record label. You had to like find the right people. You have to have everything professionally done. But now it's like the internet just changes it. If you've got something to say, you know, the, the zeitgeist of people online will find your stuff and share it. And, you know, there's all these different new ways to get your music out there, like whether it's YouTube or TikTok, even TikTok is huge for new artists right now. Yeah, it's it's insane. Like, I remember like MySpace. I remember a lot of people use MySpace for, you know, getting their music out. And it's just like uh, SoundCloud, but, you know, it's MySpace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> everything i miss myspace <laughs> me too i i miss being able to when you go to someone's profile you immediately have a song playing that was the coolest thing it's just like welcome to my house here's what i'm all about you just get to just have music playing right when they get to meet you and man that was i, I feel like myspace was was the coolest i miss myspace yeah especially you know you gotta create you gotta be a creator of like your profile and everything and yeah, putting music on there, having a playlist. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Having, having glitter graphics, learning how to use HTML somehow. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like we def- we definitely figured it out. I, I, I feel like it, uh, when, when I would discover like emo pop punk bands on there, I would just be like obsessed with them. That was like the best way to find, new um kind of pop punk bands was through myspace it's interesting to think of what what that era was for us when it comes to myspace and like those bands that we listen to um Mm -hmm. now you know the the tiktok the people growing up with tiktok right now are discovering what's going to be their like pop punk of their generation you know through tiktok i remember with myspace like i before like a day to remember like was big like I discovered them and I was like oh this band's so cool and then saw them at Warp Tour and that's another thing you know going to Warp Tour I've I discovered a lot of like new bands and stuff like that Mm -hmm. too like new music yeah Warp, Warp Tour was I used to go to a ton of Warp Tours like just being able to walk around like you'd have your list of like bands that you want to see but warp tour was definitely one you could wander around and just follow your ears or like go down I, a lot of times i feel like we would choose the bands based off of their merch sometimes like if they had yeah. cool merch and we had never heard about them we'd be like cool let's go what time are they playing let's go check them out they got cool merch right. warp tour was sick man it was r.i.p <laughs> oh man yeah even before COVID, i think that they were done i think that they hung up the reins on warp tour yeah i think they did uh 20 years or something like that 25 years wow might have been 30 actually because i think they started in the 
early nineties. Yeah. That's, that's another thing that I feel like can change you is just going to, going to concerts and going to like festivals and stuff. And just cause a lot of the warp tour vibe for me anyway, and I don't know if it was like this for you, a lot of it was like me and, you know, a couple of my close friends are into these things, but otherwise I felt like a big old sore thumb. I felt like a black sheep kind of of like, oh, I'm the one dressing in the black and I'm wearing the eyeliner and I'm wearing the, the tight black pants, you know? And then you you get almost made fun of in a town like ours growing up anyway. And then you go to Warp Tour and people are giving you compliments on everything you're wearing and um, you're you're meeting new people based off of like the artist you're both watching and you're bumping into friends that like have the same interests as you it's it's pretty cool yeah Yeah, that's that's exactly how I felt too because like um I think it was starting in sixth grade sixth or seventh grade you know wearing all black wearing the bracelets and uh you know drawing on my shoes and like the converse and it was always like that up until I think junior year and going to warp tour was like I'm home. <laughs> you know, yes. you you felt completely accepted. Yeah. Instead I agree. of that's how it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think a lot of kids are man, I just think of like the there was a few prim like a few huge years of my life where I was like growing into myself you know where you're when you get to when you like the things that you like but you're around a bunch of people who don't really like those things it's hard sometimes you question like what you like especially when you're a young kid growing up you're like I don't know like should I should I be doing the things that other people are doing am I spending time on the wrong things and then you'd go to a place like Warp Tour or for me after that even like when I started going to raves um that's kind of how it was for me just this huge acceptance um of the things that I wanted to do and what I was wearing and who I was being and, um, you know, singing out loud and dancing and these sort of things. Um, it's interesting to think that the age right now, not, not only just during COVID, but even just the last few years and the years projecting, they kind of get that acceptance from the internet, you know, whereas we used to go find these places where there's just, you know, a, a big old field full of misfits at Warp Tour where you get to go fit in. Um, now they're, they're, they're finding these communities online now. It's, it's very, it's interesting to think of how, how different the younger generations are going to think from those sort of things. Right. Like technology has, you know, we're going into like the future, like futuristic type thing. Cause you know, zoom calls and doing online schooling and, um, just it's completely different than when we grew up and everything like that you know because yeah we did have the internet and everything but it was brand new pretty much you know dial up (laughs) and everything and now we everyone has um an ipad a cell phone and just technology is just skyrocketed in the last like 10 years yeah it's it's going to change a lot of a lot of everything and technology has definitely been exponentially like 
kicked in the ass and and really pushed forward with COVID because we're just kind of forced in our houses online. So it'll be very interesting. I I really like exploring and kind of like contemplating and thinking about what the future is going to be with all this, this new technology and how the, you know, the young kids right now, how are they going to be as adults, you know, and how are they going to change the world and how are they going to see the world differently? And, and how's that going to work out with everybody who, you know, because there's still going to be people who are alive living in the same society as them who didn't really have any internet use. And the most internet use they get nowadays is, you know, Zoom calls and these sort of things. So it's going to be a cool, cool mixture of people. Cause we grew up, we grew up just like illegally downloading songs off LimeWire. And now it's <laughs> like, and you really got to search for your songs back then. And a lot of times you would, you know, you'd think you're downloading the Linkin Park album, but it's some other like terrible rapper who just used the Linkin Park name and you had to download it. <laughs> But uh, now, right. now they get to just go to Spotify and just they control what they listen to at all times. They don't want to listen to the rest of the song. Next, as soon as an artist releases a song, they get to go see it. It's like a, a notification to their phone. So even just music changing is it's gonna be super cool, man. I'm I'm very interested to see how the the future of technology, music, and you know, young people just changes the way we do everything. Well, yeah. And the last thing, what three or four years, like, you know, you were talking about, um, you know, music back then, like, needed a, a record deal and everything like that. But now everyone's doing it, uh, like, themselves and everything, which is so cool to me. Even, like, big bands, too. They have their own record label and they're doing their music themselves instead of having to go through hoops and everything like that with the record manager and blah 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 but I think it's really cool yeah yeah it's it's cool to see the you know we can really give the artists back their control in a sense they don't have to do it this way to make sure it gets marketed and you know there is those aspects of social media and all the things you have to do differently when you're putting your band out there but there's i mean the creative control the the fact that like i can be in 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 my spot here and you know make beats or like little young, young kids can be making beats um and then they could they don't have to go to a studio to get it to sound pretty decent there's so many plugins and tools and um different like pieces of technology that make what we're making sound pretty good so you can go more streamlined from you know an artist having an idea in their head onto you know the the sound paper like onto actually recording a track and you get to communicate that thought in your head just so much faster you don't have to wait a few years for it to go to the you know get it mixed and mastered and then your label has to to distribute it and all these things so it's it's really cool. We're we're getting more more direct with music, and I'm really interested to see what these young people do with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. I. So we're. I'm, I'm admittedly just thinking about my dog Shiloh. So we're gonna have to cut this a little bit short. Um. But I do want to. If there's any message you think that the world needs to hear, definitely hit me with it. But I I've been trying to figure out a an ending question. Sometimes I think about, I ask people about legacy, like what's the legacy you want to leave? Or, um, I've been enjoying asking, what do you think the world could use more of right now? 
Um, does any, anything pop in your mind for that? Like what, what does the world need a little bit more of right now in this time? Hmm. I think the world needs a little more of, I don't know, that's a tough one because there's a lot. <laughs> I don't know. You know, we're in a, this year, 2020 has been a roller coaster to say the least. I think a lot of people need more. I don't know. I can't even think of anything <laughs> right now. I think the world needs more dogs. How about that? Hey, I can I can roll with that. I think the world does need more dogs. And look at this dog. Oh, look She's at Georgia. She is very cute. <laughs> I think the world Thanks. could use more dogs. I, 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 I'm actually with you. Let's just go with the world needs more dogs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, that well, sounds I look, good to me. we were talking about the, you know, the joy that you get from having a dog, that unconditional love. Like they're just there for you. Cause a lot of us, you know, the comfort that, that animals can bring us. Cause a lot of us are kind of going through just so many changes, loss, difference, adjustments, a lot of hard work to try to like just adjust all, all of our lives to what's actually going on now. And dogs have a knack for bringing you kind of back down to earth. Like what's really here? Like, okay, this dog with his wagon tail is joyful right now. You know, there's a lot going on, but oh yeah, everything's going to be okay. And my dog is a stark reminder of that. Exactly. Sounds good to me. Okay, the world needs more dogs. More um, dogs. <laughs> more Georgia? Yeah, yes. she's very cute, man. She, how old is she? Uh, she is 10 and a half months. Oh, yeah. not. I think just a little bit older than Blue. I feel like Blue is right around, right around that age. I don't know his exact really? birthday, but yeah. Super cool. Um, Actually, no, she's 11 months. My bad. <laughs> oh, but she's got offended. She'll, she'll like, be I'm older one. than that. She'll be one. <laughs> she'll be one in January. So okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, dogs are a blessing. I encourage anybody to um, adopt or buy a dog or give them a loving home, and you can just see what it what it changes in you. For me, it having a dog made me realize how I thought I was more patient than I actually am, and made me realize how like. Um, when you're when you're potty training a dog, you know, I'd be like, I'd just get ticked off all the time or I'd get annoyed because he would just walk us around for 15 minutes outside without going potty and all these things. But it's good to learn patience, especially in this time. Exactly. And they're good. Good with that. <laughs> yeah, they're do dogs are good teachers and they're good, um, you know, comfort blankets. So. Get a dog, my friends. Get a dog. Um, Shiloh, I am going to wrap it up here. I very much appreciate you taking the time out of your day to chat with me and share kind of what's going on in your life right now. Um, thank you for being vulnerable and just like talking about stuff. You know, I think that that's so much helpful to people, just hearing people who, who are also going through stuff right now. You know, we're all just human trying to figure this thing out. And right now is a, is a particularly weird, difficult time. So just being able to, to share our, our fellow humanity with our fellow humans is 
helpful. So I thank you for being on the podcast, Shiloh. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Yeah. You betcha. We will, uh, we'll catch up soon. I'll, I'll send you a text a little bit later today. Okay. Listeners have a good rest of your day. If you haven't drank any water, you got to be drinking some water. And if you don't have a dog, you got to get a dog, man. You should buy a dog right now. This is just, this is my recommendation. Go buy a dog and make sure you can take care of the guy, but we all need more dogs. Have a good rest of your day. We'll see you later. Better conversations with ourselves. Knowledge is.